Welcome, dear one. These are Catalyst Conversations, and I'm Anya, a facilitator and leadership mentor, and the founder and guide of the Catalyst Leadership Immersion and the Holding Space Facilitation Training. I sat down to talk one-on-one with graduates of the Catalyst Leadership Immersion. They are some of the most wise, compassionate, complex, creative people I know, and I'm honored to share them and their work with all of you. Listen in as we dive into honest dialogue about what it means to use our businesses as vehicles for our values, as we show up imperfectly and courageously in our work, in this fractured world, making our way together. In this episode of Catalyst Conversations, I'm talking with Amy McMullen, a writer, activist, leader, facilitator, and wayfinder. Amy is someone who puts her body, heart, words, tools, and love on the line for the world we are creating. After pouring her heart and soul into a brand new signature offering, Amy launched Navigator Retreats just weeks before we went into quarantine last March. In our conversation today, we reflect on the major pivots that we all have been tasked with traversing over this last year, and she shares how she has found unexpected ways to cultivate community, comfort, a sense of nurturing, even in the midst of change and transition. Amy's work invites people to disentangle the narratives and stories we carry that don't serve us, to reclaim our own truth and wholeness, and to find home in ourselves. Amy shares how poetry and daily practices have helped her find her compass and how she is able to offer these practices to others through her work. She also reads some beautiful poems from Rupi Kaur, Cleo Wade, and David White. So get cozy and settle in. Maybe even grab your tea and cuddle up under your blankets. We do. I just switched from sitting at my desk and realized what I really want to do is cuddle up in bed. Yes, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Where I am. All conversations these days, I think, are best cuddled up in bed or on the couch with a blanket and a blanket and. Yeah. I added another blanket to my bed and it's heavy and it's the most comforting thing. It's the best. I love heavy, heavy blankets. Yeah. I love a quilt on top of my softer down things just to weigh. It's basically like a weighted blanket. Yeah. I get it. It feels like that. I have never actually wrapped myself in a weighted blanket, but just having the weight on my bed, I've been sleeping so deeply. Good. Yeah. You're being held. Exactly. Yeah. (sighs) Well, will you start us off with the piece that you want to share? I sure will. I, I love Cleo Wade and she writes, and how to breathe when you want to give up. Today, I am breathing through fatigue, fear, and feeling overwhelmed. I breathe because when I breathe, I am reminded that I am alive. 
I'm reminded that to be able to fill my body with air means that I have the ability to keep going. I'm reminded that my time on earth may be short, but it can be powerful if I dedicate it to love and fairness. When I breathe, I am reminded of Mary Oliver when she wrote, tell me what it is you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. And so I breathe and I let my breath turn into a smile that says back to her as much as I can. Mm. And I have been practicing kind of smiling when I breathe in and out. And that feels really good. Do you want to take a smile breath or two with me? Yes. Let's just feel our feet on the floor or booties on our bed. And take a couple. I've been breathing in and kind of feeling my tummy and then on the out breath, closing it with a smile. <laughs> I love it. Hmm. It's like a full body smile. Yeah. Like an invitation mm-hmm. to allow that energy in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's warm. It's kind of a warm energy that comes all the way. Like I can feel it just kind of cover me. It's good. I'm so thankful for breath. (laughs) Yes, me too. And I feel like you are such a good intentional breather. Mm -hmm. And you at many points have kind of like brought that awareness renewed that awareness for me about how powerful it can be to just carve out even a little bit of time to breathe Mm -hmm. every day in that focused way i'm curious what your practice around breath is looking like these days in the season Mm -hmm. i mean it certainly saved my sanity this year. And really my practice, I, I try to not even get out of bed without intentionally breathing. I, I may not be in full meditation, but I do purposely before even taking the cozy blankets off of my body, I just take a, a couple deep, deep breaths and really pay attention to it entering and exiting. And it's just an immediate like welcoming you know into the world on the day and just helps me keep my wits about me for sure and I like you have have had a good morning practice of of just at least 10 minutes I've been doing lead meditations because that's what (laughs) I need to be told what to do right now for a while Mm -hmm. Um, but but it, it 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 really it really is a way for me to check in before throwing myself into the world and the day and the to-dos and the activities and just just being in, in my body, embodiment. Yeah. Are there then, some guided meditations that are just your kind of go-to favorites? I, bananas for Insight Timer. And there are several teachers there that I really I really love. And I'm learning, I'm also, there's a lot of really great live they offer a lot of live classes now that are that's kind of nice because you're actually in community with people at the same time. 
you know, taking breaths together. And I appreciate that. But I love Lala Delia mm-hmm. a lot. And I, there's actually even, I'm going to forget his name, Manoj. There's a, a gentleman named Manoj something. I'll have to look at that. But there's some really great teachers. There's even Tara Brock. Everyone's on Insight Timer now. So I think you can find any leaders, any thought leaders and meditation teachers that you're looking for. I feel like I have found everyone there. Soon you'll be on Insight Timer too, maybe. I, I think so. I think that would be a great, I think that'd be a great platform. I could see you doing that too. I know. I want to hear your voice all the time. Mm. So, yeah, been, I mean, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I've been loving Insight Timer too. And mostly what I've been using it for lately is music and playing. Mm. I just have a couple go-to songs that I listen to throughout the day. And they're mm. like, you know, four minutes, five minutes, but they really feel like this immediate reset. And I close my eyes and I breathe mm. and I just let the sound envelop me. And it's so good. Mm. I've seen they have a little music tab and I've never even touched it. It's so good. I mean, there's so there's just like a vast selection of music. Oh, excellent. There's that something, something about I'm having the music that. that's really mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Do you kind of time your breath with it? Do you notice you're timing anything or you just let it? Yeah, go? I'm not conscious about that. I'm mostly mm-hmm. just like probably moving my body a little bit and just deepening into breath, but not not necessarily on a rhythm or Mm -hmm. anything like that. But I find Mm. music to be really meditative. My alarm is set to a song that wakes me up. And so sometimes I listen to the first little bit of the song and sometimes I let it play all the way through and it just feels, feels really good. It's a great way to start the day. I hate alarms and Bill has, I mentioned that, but Bill has, a Bill Withers song, a, a Lovely Day, is his alarm. And I really want to be mad about it, but gosh, <laughs> it's so sweet. And I used to, you know, wake up and be like, turn it off. And now he lets, sometimes he'll let the whole song play. And it just, it's so delightful. It's so hard to be a grumpy morning person when Bill Withers sings about a lovely day right when you're waking up. It's delightful. I feel like that's really good medicine too. Like when you have to wake up really early and it's dark out or it's raining and cold and it's just like, no, it's a lovely day. Oh, it's, and his voice is just like, just like a blankie. I mean, it's just the best. I might have to try. Awesome. Yeah, you should. For my six other option was morning timing. <laughs> oof, oof, oof. <laughs> Bless your heart. <sighs> mm. Mm. I know that you also have some other kind of core consistent practices that keep you grounded and rooted. Will you share a little bit about some of those other pieces that you're doing? Yeah, my my other lifesaver, no doubt, is my river walks. I get to most days, sometimes I walk just in our neighborhood, but most days I take Matilda and we go to the river, the Multnomah Channel out here. And 
I love, I mean, I love the walking. I need to let things move through me. And sometimes I do a kind of a walking meditation just, just in that I pay full attention to, you know, my feet touching, like every bit of my foot touching the ground and what the air feels like as it gets colder or warmer. And I just try and kind of meditate on the walking. And also it's so incredible. You know, the people are staying home and nature keeps happening along Mm. the river and just watching the seasons happen and watching the birds that are migrating that have gone or come back and everyone's busy and everything is still happening in nature. And I think that kind of that perspective and just realizing like we're, we're over here, humans just feel like the world has just come to an end and and nature's over there being like, no, there's like still things to do. <laughs> mm. There's the creatures and the cycles and just nature itself keeps, keeps going. It keeps moving right along. And I appreciate that every day. I just think, I don't know. It's just good perspective. I think to, to realize everything keeps moving. That channel is still running. It's still all there. And it feels like it's been given a little breath. There's just less, there's less peopling. There's less kind of human. I see, I see even less garbage. I, I, I usually bring a bag and pick up bad for loco cans or things that people have left <laughs> when fishing or whatever. And even that's been less, there just feels like, it just feels like less human imprint and more, more mother nature. And that is so healing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you're out every day, rain or shine. I, I, I finally figured out the, the loving act of wearing warm clothes. <laughs> and like, I really it was one of the few Oregonians that didn't own a, a, a weatherproof coat until maybe three years ago. And I discovered that, yes, you can, with the right things, walk in the pouring rain and walk when it's cold and warm your hands and, and wear wool socks and love yourself in those ways. <laughs> It feels amazing. So yeah, there's not there's not a lot of weather that I won't walk in. I wait if it's real heavy rain, but you know, we don't we get so many breaks even on the rainy days. It, it's usually light enough to to be out in and it, if if you need some perspective, like let let the rain fall on your face, especially mm-hmm. after you know my heart I think one of the hardest weeks I had this this during this pandemic was that week in September, a couple weeks I guess in September with the fires. Yeah my two best gifts to myself are my walks and, and breathing deeply. And both of those things were really, really hard. Those few weeks impossible. We couldn't go outside. So I couldn't breathe outside and, and I couldn't walk. And I just, I mean, I really, it cost me a lot. (laughs) It was an immediate, I could feel immediately how crucial both of those things are to me when, when they weren't available. Did you find other practices to engage them during the, those yeah. weeks? <laughs> I tried. <clears throat> I did. You know, I think you and I both, that, that's when we committed to real uh, to meditation in the mornings, mm-hmm. which helps, but I am not, I am, I, I need to go outside. It's just not, it's, I feel really trapped yeah. when I don't, don't have the ability to kind of move in that way. I, I really think that I process like things, I, it's when my best ideas happen. It's when I write, thank goodness for dictating in our phones, because I have to kind of be putting a foot in front of the other to let some of that stuff 
move through me and, and process things. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was a tricky week. That was a tricky span of time there to be stuck. And it just gave me deep gratitude to get back out. And I think it's why I won't fuss at all about a cold day or rainy day, because I'm just so glad to be able to breathe and be out there. I so, so resonate with that. Those weeks were devastating for so many reasons. And (sighs) paired with pandemic reality, not being able to be outside was so deeply challenging. And I think I just resonate with a lot of what you're saying. Like for me, so much of my creative flow happens when I am moving my body, breathing the air outside of my home. And Mm -hmm. I too will go on kind of long meandering walks. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the muse kind of comes to me during those times and I'll have to like pause for a little bit. I don't speak into my phone so much, but I will stop and like take notes, type in notes Mm -hmm. on my phone. I'm just like these ideas move through and to not have space to just like have my feet on the ground and fresh air in my lungs was really so unsettling. And also I remember in that time just being like, okay, this winter, (laughs) no complaining, go out in the rain, go out in the cold, just like have that gratitude for, for having the ability to be outside and yeah. That, thank you for that reminder. I think uh, I'm yeah. a little bit whiny and complainy. Oh, me too. Of like, I, have- <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> That's perfectly fair. And it's not like I don't look out there and, uh, and, and curse, you know, the weather gods. But, but I do almost consistently when I start to fuss, I do think of how just, what's the word? Not ominous, but just, you know, what's the word when it's heavy? The air is so heavy. I don't know. Oppressive, oppressive. Mm. The, the, the air and the world, everything felt so oppressive. And now, you know, a little rain just feels like that's just refreshing. We can still breathe deeply and that's all that matters. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. I was sharing with you earlier that this fall and into winter now, I've been really doing my best to first thing get outside, which is not my typical mm-hmm. desire or schedule, but just having, having that movement, having the perspective shift, getting to be outside, mm. even if it's raining. I'm like, okay, I have been an Oregonian almost all of my life. And only in the last few years did I invest in rain gear, but now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> I have a raincoat. I have two pairs of rain boots like I good job <laughs> we're adult Oregonians we're now. doing it <laughs> it makes a big difference I think you know my thing for a lot of my life was like oh but it's so ugly so like my my rain jackets were these vintage you know of course grandma, little old lady jackets that really didn't keep you warm it might keep you dry it was kind of like you know a slicker but Dang it, there's a reason that people buy Columbia things <laughs> and like out, outdoor company things because they do keep you truly warm and, and protected. And there's not much to Oregon. I mean, I also think we're super lucky in that 
you know, people fuss about the rain, but we have really mild weather compared yeah. to many, many places. So there's, there's not a lot that it can throw at us that we can't walk in. I'm going to steal that and remember that I used to have a morning walk practice. And I, I think in the pandemic, I've gotten kind of lazy. That's a good, that's a good first, first thing to do. I offer it to you. Have it. Yeah. Use it. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And then just starting out, out in the world a little bit, especially when we're inside so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is just finding the practices that work for us in this time that is ever unfolding and unknown Mm -hmm. and committing all the more to them. I feel like for myself too, I really need to approach my practices with a healthy dose of grace and space that like, Mm -hmm. I'm not failing if I'm not, you know, listening to my meditation music in the morning, or I'm not Mm -hmm. failing if I didn't go for a walk today. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can do them tomorrow, but just recognizing how really grounding, helpful, hopeful those practices are when I do them. Yeah. I kind of can think of them as friends instead of things like I have to do. I feel like it's just little ways to comfort myself. Yeah. It's like, it's like friends that are there, there for you. (laughs) It's beautiful. And then it's also Mm. like, oh, well, I didn't text that friend back today. Yeah. I'll text her tomorrow. (laughs) And then, and they're forgiving, you know, it's, it's all very forgiving. It's nothing to add pressure on ourselves for. It's just little, little ways to love ourselves Mm. and kind of to shore up, I think for, you know, it's going to be a long winter ahead. It's going to, it's, it's been a long 10 months and it's, it's going to be longer and we have to be in some kind of self-care practices just to, just to get through. Well, you, you have created some really beautiful, potent offerings around that like deep sense of comfort, not mm-hmm. superficial comfort, but like soul nourishing comfort. And I feel like Mm -hmm. you do that in the meditations and visualizations that you write and share. I feel like you do that in your newsletter community that has just really begun. And you did that so, so wonderfully in your offering for the Catalyst cohort and for your family, the workshop that you created. Mm -hmm. I wonder if you feel like talking about any of the pieces of those offerings of comfort? Mm, I, I think I'm realizing I, I am a nurturer by, by nature. And I learned through the Catalyst cohort that that, that nurturing is leading also. And mm-hmm. I think I've told a lot of stories to myself about not, you know, not really being a leader or um a facilitator in that way, because I felt like it had to mean maybe that you're the the expert. And what I have found that I just do naturally and long to do more all the time is to let people know they are loved and offer a sense of belonging. I think it's the thing that we all desperately need more and more all the time. 
And I've also discovered that that all that belonging can be found in us. And I didn't know that. So we're walking around carrying this, this, this sort of gift. One of the things that I, I think I opened my homeward workshop through the, through the cohort with a Rupi Kaur quote that says, it was when I stopped searching for home within others and lifted the foundations of home within myself, I found there were no roots more intimate than those between a mind and body that have decided to be whole. Mm. And I just think that's kind of a, the crux of my work and my, just with myself and my own journey and kind of what I want to be talking in conversation with in my community. How, how are we finding wholeness? How can we offer it to each other? How can I be kind of a, a reflection of your wholeness for you? I'm just learning a lot about that. And I, I love that I can be learning and sharing. And that means teaching. I yes. just didn't know that. <laughs> yes. Okay. You can be learning and leading simultaneously. And ideally, we always are. Yes. Yep. And that's, that's a huge gift to know. Yeah. That's changed the way I see myself. I'm so grateful for that. So, yeah, I mean, I think that is, I think I just, I know that I, as I am getting older and as I am sort of reconciling my own hurts and pain from childhood and pain from pushing things away, that what I really need is both kind of acknowledgement and then comfort. I think we're all in this process of learning about ourselves and it can get uncomfortable and cause discomfort and also is so crucial. So my goal is to be working toward that kind of, you know, wholeness and undoing, uh, unlearning the stories that we, that don't serve us, that aren't true of ourselves. And also offering like filling that back up with with words of comfort with poetry songs with just ways that we can feel help mm. i mean when you write read a piece that you've written or a po- poetry my first instinct and now i physically do it i run and grab a blanket i cozy up like i just i want to feel held and nurtured in that way. And I, I, I just desperately want to offer it to other people. I, I didn't, I think I've been really blessed in that my friendship and sisterhoods and, and just by nature, my family is very, very nurturing and sort of matriarch, matriarchal in that way, mothering in that way. Kind of what I want to be offering. Maybe that sounds weird. I don't mean I want to be everyone's mama, but I do, I do think we all just need extra doses of that kind of real love and care for each other. It doesn't sound weird at all. I think, (laughs) you know, the more nurturing, the better for so many Mm -hmm. of us, especially now. Mm -hmm. And what is sort of coming to me as you're talking is knowing your work on a really deep level and how you invite people and do yourself, in, invite yourself through this process of really disentangling and shedding these narratives and stories and shoulds that we carry around mm-hmm. 
in our families, in our culture, for through our gender, whatever it might be. And that's really hard, big work, especially mm-hmm. when those pieces are so deeply interwoven with, with how we have assumed that we must be or are. And to have to kind of be met with uh, nurturing and with comfort in the process and through the process, that just makes so much sense to me. It's not just let's do this really kind of big, deep work, but let's do this big, deep work while we also are being held and um, being infused with beauty and intentionality and space to just be be in in the process. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're having to look into, you know, our shadows so much and there has to be warmth and light at the other end or waiting for us at least. I think we can explore into kind of our our darkness and then have a safe safe place on the other side. That that's how I, that helps me feel tethered. That makes me know I can do the work if, if, if waiting for me, you know, is a cup of tea or, or a beautiful song or the words of David White, <laughs> you know, anything that just like, that holds, holds you. Yeah. It's how we can be that brave. Mm. Yeah. It's not one or the other. It's both. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you and I have journeyed together now through two catalyst cohorts. Mm, (laughs) The best, best, best thing I've ever done for myself. Mm. (laughs) Like by far. Mm. Yeah. 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 We've done it. (laughs) Please do. There are no words. And I try. (laughs) I strive to find the words. I, I pride myself on on wordsmithing. And it's so funny to me how stuck I get trying to really accurately describe the work that we do in the cohort and the, what we've built together, what you've built as the leader, and then what we've built together surrounded by you. And there are just, it's really been transformational. Mm-hmm. I feel super, super grateful to have been an apprentice in this last one and to see kind of the inner workings of what you do, how much love and effort and deep work it takes to hold the space that you do. Hmm. It's both very inspiring and kind of gobsmacking <laughs> how, much, <laughs> how much you do and hold. I just, I, I wish I could, I wish I will someday really be able to articulate my gratitude, but especially in this last year, Anya, when right at the same time, right when I said, yes, I want to jump in as an apprentice, and I want to be part of this again, also came just deep, deep work in my family of origin and, and deep unknowing and unlearning that I had to do in my family. I just don't know that I would have had the bandwidth for it without without the community of our cohort mm-hmm. and, and without the things that I learned about myself, about listening, about stories, about what's true and really, really digging down to it, undoing beliefs that I had about myself that were 
just intrinsically not true that I, I don't think I understood until examining it through, you know, exercises that you created for us, but also just our conversations and, and that feeling of sitting back in the beautiful days of actually sharing space together, even that, how beautiful you make everything and how it feels like you're, I mean, I happen to often really be curled up in a blanket during our immersion. <laughs> but even if I hadn't been, there was this, you offer that kind of care and comfort that feels like actually being held all the time in that space. And it, it provided me, it was like, armor isn't the right word, but I do feel like I like, I got to, shoot, I'm going to not know the words for what I'm saying again. I felt like it, there were so many tools that you offered that I learned that actually changed the way I did all the rest of my life, not just the work of creating Navigator, but the work of creating the family that I meant to be in, the daughter that I meant to be and hadn't been, um, just a lot of, it, it rippled through so many different pieces in my life. It's still, I mean, it, it's continuously always showing up. Our work together shows up in my parenting, in my marriage, in all of it, just everywhere. Oof. I'm ultimately like transformed by our work together. So thanks. Small <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. I appreciate it. <laughs> It's like if I had done 30 years of super, super intense therapy, um, all wrapped into two years of, of goodness. Mm. Well, I, I feel it on the other side. Like I feel and mm. see and experience your transformation. Mm -hmm. And and you have shared here and in many other conversations the ways that this work is infusing all of your relationships. And mm -hmm. I see that and I hear that and I witness that. And it's, it's really powerful to just mm -hmm. have the reflection of that. And also really to see you and correct me if this doesn't feel exactly true but from my my perspective to just see you really like dropping off the weight of these pieces that have held you small and yes. rising into your leadership mm -hmm. and I see That's that especially over this last year and just all the ways that you have been showing up for your family and really showing up for your community and putting your body and your heart and your time and your energy and your words like on the line for mm. your values. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know that I wouldn't, I, I'm, I think I'm doing things that I, ne I wouldn't necessarily be called to do. I, I, I do. I have to give a, a shout out and love to my other community of my kind of community action group out here in Columbia County that we started, I guess in June, we, it started with a, a Black Lives Matter march out here in the town of St. Helens. And I think, I want to say maybe 500 people came, which is ginormous wow. Yeah, for this tiny community. And 
the women that put that that started that have we became kind of a a group a um, an action group and we are making a difference out here and making a difference in in our community and in the way we see our community and and I didn't know that was even a thing I felt very very alone out here for quite some time I'm saying out here like I live in you know a million miles away but tell you know tell people listening where you live and the relationship sure. to Portland yeah we're ju- what are we like 17 miles from from Portland proper in a charmless little oh charmless isn't the right word but <laughs> it's beautiful out here but darn it Scapoose just doesn't have it's the town of Scapoose we we're desperately in need of a little more charm but it's beautiful it's along the river the Multnomah Channel that I spoke of and Columbia County is just a really interesting it is not Portland it is a totally different rural community that I did not really see myself reflected by in a lot of ways and, and getting to be in community with folks that, that feel that the way I do and that are after kind of the same progress and the same, like they really people that love this community that want to see growth and I mean, tolerance and right relationship and the things that we work on together and the cohort that needs to be broadened into the community here. Mm-hmm. And it's been really, been really beautiful to be a part of and just kind of taking a lot of what I've learned as far as reflecting properly, like reflecting. We did a lot of, I do, I tend to do, I think we all do just sort of, we tell stories about each other and what we think, you know, by, by way of how we look or stickers on our cars or whatever. And it's been really beautiful to just pay more attention to the ways we are a community and the ways we can grow our community here and mm. in a in a more justice oriented way. It's it feels really that's been thrilling. Yeah. Um, such like, and again, another central. way, another way that the sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, just the, the that continuing the work, like continuing the work that we do in the cohort. Like it here I am out here doing the same thing, even if it's just in my own world, if it's my own thought, my own thoughts have shifted and changed about the, the way I move and see things out here because yeah. of that. Yeah. And that then you're bringing it to an organization, to a movement that's really having impact in your community. I mean, the ripples are just so mm-hmm. wide reaching in that way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. Mm. Yeah, it's really been amazing. Will you, Mm. will you speak a little bit about Navigator and what Navigator looks like right now and what you're excited about as Navigator kind of continues to grow? Yeah. Can I start by saying what Navigator began as? Yes. (laughs) Because it is, it is funny and a little ironic that I, you know, agreed a retreat for up to 10 folks. We, I found a beautiful place on the Oregon coast, the house, three days of just sharing and community, mindfulness, meditations, movement, 
a friend coming to teach us mindful archery, meditative archery, and just a really beautiful container set for gathering together. I knew so many women that wanted that wanted that, you know, actual togetherness and beautiful food and actual spaciousness, time to relax, time to reflect and write. There were lots of journaling prompts on and on. And what was it? Three weeks before the lockdown Mm -hmm. happened, I I launched it and had several people sign up and then everything shifted and changed, obviously. And first I thought, oh, we can, we'll just push it back. You know, maybe, maybe early fall. And that didn't happen. You know, now it just feels like light years away. Who knows when we'll ever <laughs> get to do it again. But what I really appreciated was realizing that a lot of what I created, a lot of the tools and things I wanted to share are things that I can share by writing them. That's so navigators basically become what will be a, both a newsletter and eventually um, in 2021, a podcast. Yeah, um, radio. I hope that you will be a guest of mine. Um, Absolutely. Where we can just kind of continue these uh, conversations. Yay, good. I just want to kind of continue the conversations around around storying and around truth telling and finding out what we really what we mean when we say things or what we are when we've been told we're something different. I think just a lot of the things that I've learned and hope to be co- in conversation around in a live, you know, cozy, intimate gathering can look different. And I'm, I was really overwhelmed and sort of intimidated right when we, sh- I was trying to figure out how does it shift? What does it look like now? If it's not this thing, I, I hoped to have it several times a year, you know, so I thought I would be doing that. And now, now it's going to look a little bit different because it's online. And I think I was really intimidated. You know, I don't, I'm a person that needs Screen time is hard for me and a lot of screen time, you know, when I, when I need fresh air and to be outside, a lot of that felt really intimidating to try and figure out how to make it be something that I could serve people online with. So I think my solution has been, well, I can do an email newsletter (laughs) and I can do, I really like the idea of the podcast because my hope is that we can be in conversation and people can listen and be doing I mean, ideally walking in nature, but maybe yeah. it's walking in your neighborhood or maybe it's cooking dinner for the night or whatever it is. I like the idea of people being able to just listen and and share without being... The practice of embodiment that we talked about at the beginning of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which, which is why ideally, I mean, I want to have some... <laughs> I want it to be a walking podcast. I really want people to be like... I want it to be a requirement, but I know I can't do that. <laughs> but I want it to be like... Nice invitation. You, <laughs> yes. Move how you're able. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Move how you're able for sure. But I think... I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I felt there were months there where I couldn't figure out how what it would look like. And now I, I see... I see that it can grow in this really organic and intentional way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really excited. I just, I just can't imagine kind of what it will look like next. It feels like it kind of reiterates and reiterates. And I think, I think it makes sense now to have 
it be something that people can read and experience. And then eventually, eventually we will be getting back together and we will, we will be able to gather. And I very much look forward to that too. Me too. Me too. And I just am thinking about how so many of us in the cohort and cohort graduates and beyond, like so many of us whose work is about connection and about gathering and historically about being in shared physical space with each other. We have all been tasked this year with adapting, right? With like getting Mm -hmm. creative about what that looks like and how do we take the intimacy and and connection of in-person immersive spaces and bring Mm -hmm. that into other venues, other ways of engaging and really getting clear about what we share the right people in. And I think you're doing it so beautifully, you know, Mm -hmm. with this gorgeous, so you newsletter and (laughs) having ways for people to, to listen in while walking outside, which would be a core part of how they would be with you in a workshop or retreat. I just, I think Mm -hmm. it's, it's really important. I mean, we've all sort of needed to get creative and expansive in our thinking around it. And yeah, I just appreciate the ways that, that you are allowing Navigator to come into being in a year that we couldn't have anticipated in a way that we couldn't have anticipated. Yeah. It feels good too. It feels like it's, it actually feels like evolution rather than, you know, a failure or or having to regroup. It feels like, Oh, maybe it was meant to be this way. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like the pieces that you are creating and offering now even when the time comes for us to joyously gather together in person, those pieces are still going to be so relevant and supportive to the work. Absolutely. And accessible. And I think, you know, one of the things that's changed for me is a feeling of, it feels much more important to me now this year to be accessible and to offer what I've learned and to offer these tools freely and to everyone, you know, and Mm -hmm. have it be something that isn't just for 10 people that can pull off a three-day retreat, but for all of us Mm -hmm. and building a community in that kind of more accessible and open, open way feels actually a lot better than that's grown up all by itself (laughs) into something that feels more in line with how I see the world and how I want to be in it and how I want to lead and how I want and hope for my community to just feel like it's free for them. They're, they're given lovingly and freely to receive and not, not so much something that you have to, you know, go away to, which will be again, lovely when it happens, but yes, it's really dawned on me that we need that accessibility so much now from our little corners of our homes and world. Yeah, we do need the 
the strengthening of those webs of connection and support and comfort. Mm -hmm. So will you tell Mm -hmm. folks how they can get connected and find you and find this offering? Yeah. What's the best? Right. Ooh. (laughs) Well, the navigator website is still kind of geared toward the retreat right now but will and maybe by the time of this actually being heard we'll have some links and ways to access the newsletter and that navigator website is just navigatorpdx.com and then the instagram for navigator is also navigatorpdx i have been really i've not been on social media much. That's been a way that I've (laughs) been caring for myself. Yeah. So it's kind of hard. It's tricky because I feel like there's access. You can, you can see what I'm doing on, on Instagram there, Instagram, and that will feel, that will feel good. But honestly, I did the thing where I, I kind of got really overwhelmed by social media and stepped away. And then I felt too, it's that feeling when you've like gone too long <laughs> calling a friend or something where mm-hmm. I thought, oof, it's hard to show back up here. You're like, um, well, I need to set aside that- two and a half hours for the conversations. So. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It gets it feels overwhelming. But but the newsletter is really where I I, I plan to grow grow this community. And so I think that will just be accessible via the website, Navigator PDX. And there's links to it on, on my Instagram too. Beautiful. Yay. Is that very helpful? Yeah. Yeah. So go to Navigator should have been PDX more prepared for that. on Instagram. Right. Go yeah, to yeah, NavigatorPDX.com yeah. in Google. And there will be a link uh-huh. in every <laughs> And maybe other yeah, fun and announcements and things. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) So in closing, I know we're going to continue our conversation on and on and hopefully on your Mm -hmm. podcast too. But in closing Mm -hmm. for, for this hour, do you have a question or a reflection prompt or a journal prompt that you want to... Yeah, I think, I I guess it would be a journal prompt to just choose a thing that you believe about yourself. And it's a practice I'm trying to do all the time now is to just keep asking if it's true. Mm. And I think there are layers to get through there. And again, it's something that I've learned. I have an immediate response and I can't think of an example question, but like, you know, am maybe am I a leader? And then my answer is, well, no, because I don't really like, you know, I, I'm not always eloquent and I, I, I get str- dumbstruck and I feel weird answering things on the spot, blah, blah, blah. But is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I can think, well, no, I, I actually do. I am able to articulate what I'm feeling when I'm, and then is this true? And, and just to keep kind of, mm-hmm undoing unlayering down to the real deep kind of truths of our uh, of, of what's happening and so yeah I think a journal prompt would just be to question the ways that you question kind of your limits and then keep digging down hmm. to the truth hmm. that was sketchy 
No, I love that. And I love that you shared that example of leadership because <laughs> I, I remember this process in real time mm. with you of, I hope that's okay for me yeah. to say, but just really you of course, engaging in that process of questioning and, and releasing, releasing yeah. those limitations that don't serve you that are biggest. My biggest lie I told myself was that I would not be taken seriously. And that as a story I got from being called gullible, you know, goalie was my nickname in high school, for God's sake. I had a lot of stories that said, you know, you're, you're very lovable and sweet and great, but not really to be taken too seriously, like not really someone that or you know, mm. and again, that was all my own that was my own story, but really digging down into that and realizing that's not, that just isn't a true story that I, that I can be taken seriously and should be. And that I have thoughts and ideas like we all do that can help grow others. I'm a, I, I finally come around to that. Mm. Yes. <laughs> I finally come around to that. All mm-hmm. of the yeses to that. Mm. <laughs> I can close us out with one of my favorite poems that feels kind of timely for this conversation right now. That would be lovely. If you want. Yes. I want to read you David White. Sweet Darkness is the title of this poem. Mm -hmm. And he says, when your eyes are tired, the world is tired also. When your vision has gone, no part of the world can find you time to go into the night where the dark has eyes to recognize its own. It's time to go into the dark where the night has eyes to recognize its own. There you can be sure you are not beyond love. The dark will make a home for you tonight. The night will give you a horizon further than you can see. You must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. The world was made to be free in. Amy and I got cut off right in the middle of her reading beautiful David White piece, so I'm going to finish it. She said, You must learn one thing. The world was made to be free in. Give up all the other worlds except the one to which you belong. Sometimes it takes darkness and the sweet confinement of your aloneness to learn anything or anyone that does not bring you alive is too small for you. Here's to being in our bigness. Amy, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for joining us for this Catalyst conversation. I would love to know what's resonating for you or what questions this conversation inspired. If you're feeling the call to hone your facilitation skills, rise into your leadership, and contribute your unique remedy into this fractured time, let's connect. You can find all the details about the Holding Space eCourse, the Catalyst Leadership Immersion, and my free collaborative community newsletter over on my website, anyahinken.com. You can also find me on Instagram, where I am at anyahinken. Extra special thanks to my friend Robin Jackson for the music and Brooke Bradford for podcast editing. To the catalysts who have shared their truth here, and to you for listening in, I look forward to continuing the conversation.